Hey, 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 it's me, Katie here. Grab a notebook, add a cuppa, and join me in the Sociology Staff Room. Hello and welcome to the Sociology Staff Room. I've got a brilliant guest today. Um, you Maybe best if you introduce yourself, Stephen. I don't think I'm going to give it the uh, the build-up that it deserves in the best way. So please tell us a little bit about yourself, Stephen. Well, thank you very much, uh, Katie. Hello and welcome, everyone. And thanks very much for inviting me on. Uh, my name's Steve Taylor. I'm recent head of curriculum for sociology at AQA. So that covers both the specifications for GCSE and uh, A-level, uh, as well as, of course, AS-level sociology. Amazing. I'm so, I feel so lucky, actually. I'm a little bit nervous, actually, today. I was like, oh, I'm like speaking to the head of curriculum for AQA. So I'm actually really excited. I'm trying to big hard but I'm also sweating at the same time so no need um, to be nervous <laughs> so I'm going to just go in with a little bit of background first but what obviously I obviously we know what your current role is now but what brought you to sociology like what's your historical journey um, into sociology right well um here we go then so in terms of sociology I remember studying it I'm showing my age here all right uh, at O level and then at A level. Then I went on to do a degree and my PGC in Manchester University way back uh, in the mid 1980s. Um, and I'm almost going to be going full circle actually because I'm really looking forward next month to going back to Manchester to deliver a PGC conference for sociology students just like I was at in 1985. Amazing. So between that period, um, once I qualified, I uh, started teaching uh, sociology just as GCSEs were beginning in 1988. Mm -hmm. And my first ever class actually was an evening class. I just, uh, the youth tutor at the time said, oh, would you mind taking over the evening class? Because the the teacher's going to be uh, retiring. And I said, okay, I'll give it a go. So as a young sociology teacher, I started that. And then a couple of years after that, in 1990, the head teacher at the time said, would you like to set up a sociology department? And I said, yes, let's go for it. So I've been teaching GCSE and A-level sociology since then, 1990, over 32 years of experience became head of social sciences in that time, a post that I held for over 25 years, I think it was. As well as that, I was the chief examiner for GCSE sociology for 17 years. Um, but I had to relinquish that post alongside my teaching career because this challenge came up to become head of curriculum at AQA sociology. And I just thought it was a point in my life, I'd just reached 60. Uh, where I could really make a difference nationally and offer all my expertise, really, Casey. Mm, oh my God, that's amazing! It's like the sort of dream job, isn't it? I, I, I don't know. Yes. I, I don't, how do you feel? How do you feel about this job? It's not, it's not like it's a job interview, but how do you feel about this new post that you've taken on? Well, I feel it's the pinnacle of my career, really, and it's a real opportunity to influence the sociology curriculum as well as help and support. You know, I say fellow teachers. Of course, I'm no longer a teacher. It's very difficult for me to sort of accept that because it was only nine months ago that I was actually teaching in the classroom. So, you know, when 
I like the title that you have, Sociology Staff Room, uh, because this is a virtual staff room, but I'm no longer, of course, in the staff room, but I'm uh, connected in different ways now, as it were, Katie. I feel like I'm at the hub, yes, uh, of the AQA Sociology sort of wheel, as it were. Yeah, it, I mean, it's amazing. It bodes really well, I think, you know, for our listeners to sort of hear that historical journey because, you know, you're coming into a role but with a wealth of teaching experience under your belt, which hopefully, as you said, will help develop and the, the AQA curriculum. And I've got some questions around that. And I know there's probably things you can't tell me. Um, <laughs> I'm going to probe a little bit, of course. Otherwise, I wouldn't be doing my, my job properly. But my first question is, what, why, I mean, we know why it's important to teach social, sociology, but, you know, it's now rising as a subject. I think it's like the last look at the fifth most popular subject mm. uh, as an A-level subject and obviously rising in um, popularity at GCSE. Why do you think it's so important that we continue teaching sociology, offering it as an option? Well, you're absolutely right. It's risen, hasn't it, in popularity. I mean, it's, you're absolutely spot on about it. It's the fifth most popular A-level and the trend is upwards at both GCSE and A-level. Uh, I mean, it's even overtaken history, which is in sixth place, yes? And that's quite a remarkable progression. Oh, where do I start? Sociology, to me, of course, I have a passion for it. I think it's very important indeed, because it seeks to understand the ways in which people interact with each other, doesn't it? And the social structures and systems that shape our lives. Also, with the focus being like on critical thinking and empirical research, I feel it can help us make informed decisions about our own lives and it contributes, hopefully, to the betterment of society as a whole. I feel that sociology can offer an opportunity to improve public policy. It fosters a cultural awareness and I feel, hopefully, will at least address some social problems such as inequalities, discrimination, poverty and crime that exist in our society and other societies, of course. So it's a very important subject. I know that you had uh, uh, listened to it, a uh, podcast talking about should it be compulsory? And I found that fascinating. Um, there is actually, I know tutors you produce them, the pre sort of to G GCSE courses, aren't there? And I feel that if you had like a perhaps carousel arrangement with like a humanities department, it's possible to perhaps have some sociology, you know, before uh, GCSE even. Mm. Yeah, no, I totally agree. It's really interesting to hear like from the horse's mouth the sort of things that a lot of our teachers echo about the importance of sociology. Like you said, you know, the fact that it's maybe inform social policies, change, change, closing the gaps around equality. You've also mentioned the critical thinking, which is so important. Um, and I, I, actually, I'm, not, I'm sort of going to go segue on my question on that one, if, if you don't mind. But like how, there's all, what a lot of our teachers will say and, and our students, and I suppose it's sort of weaved into a question that I, I want to ask, is how do we maintain that? Because obviously the curriculum is, is quite dense for sociology, uh, like lots of A-levels and GCSE subjects. How do you feel, as teachers, we can 
ensure we've got that time for that critical thinking in, in, with the realisation that we have to do exams and, and there's sort of like that sort of scheme work that needs to be covered, the specification. How do we get that balance between, yeah, the curriculum, the specification and also those critical thinking skills that are so integral to sociology? That's a really good question. I think, by the way, we have just recently put out a survey to all sociology teachers and their centres asking them if any, in any way do they want the specification reformed within, of course, the parameters of the DFE subject content and Ofqual. And it's worth remembering that we weren't part of the national curriculum, of course, but we were um, for in terms of GCSE and A-level. So starting from that, I would say once we collated all and analysed the, the findings, uh, I can answer that question perhaps in a bit more detail because I'm well aware as teaching it, of course, in the classroom for over 30 years, there's, it is content heavy, yes, but I, I always felt that I could build in some discussions and like flip learning opportunities, yes, dealing with some contemporary issues. So for instance, you know, just even using say a BBC uh, news sort of website about something to do with changes in family structures or you know some some recent uh, crime issues that you can you can create those sort of critical thinking skills and also of course with within the sort of 30 markers and 20 markers they have to evaluate things and it's really important to bring in contemporary issues so I do appreciate that it will depend from you know each centre, the amount of time allocated to sociology that, you know, that, but as I say, through flip learning activities, perhaps it is possible to bring those in. Um, so at the end of the day, we have to cover that, obviously, the subject content. But I think just to sort of echo what we've just said, really, I feel you can still bring in, yes, some of the key issues and they're important, of course, in terms of evaluating in fact evaluative skills aren't they really mm, definitely and i think we talked a lot i mean lots of our guests have talked about spoken about uh, the importance of flipped learning and, and the value of that of how that in, in, allows you to have those discussions so they come in with a little bit of that knowledge and that understanding mm. um, and i think we've got had guests talk about enrichment activities to allow for that debate and um that discussion within lesson and the importance of bringing that in and getting that balance. You sort of mentioned about keeping it contemporary and I know that um, AQA have recently brought out the teacher guide and I think yes. there's a sort of a bit, I'm, I'm, sort of, I'm talking as a representative of, of different teachers and sort of, you know that I'm, I'm not necessarily speaking for every teacher here but I've sort of seen on the chats and stuff like how to use that teacher guide. My understanding is that it is indicative and that the teacher guide has a suggestion of names and concepts and studies, but it isn't gospel that we can deviate from that list and it's just a suggested list. Is, is that right in my understanding or could we have some clarification of how that would be used by teachers, that teacher guide? Yes, you are right. It's some suggestions, yes. It's a companion, if you like to further elaborate upon the specification. It's really intended, I suppose, perhaps with uh, for teachers who uh, perhaps don't have such a detailed sociology background 
and want more direction. So it's an accompaniment to the actual specification. It was in the survey, for instance, I was um, surprised or not perhaps so surprised that over half of the teachers are not are non-specialists. So the teaching guide was actually recently updated last October. So it's more contemporary. It it gives, as you, you rightly say, Katie, it gives the indicative content and some suggested sociologists, but they, you know, any centers or students, teachers can use any others that they so wish to. We've actually got on our uh, website, which I'm sure we'll come on to, uh, a further document on one of the tabs under, uh, so I think it's, yes, it's teacher assessment, uh, some contemporary studies in a lot more detail as well, by the way, not just in the teacher's guide. So yeah, that's what it's there for really, uh, to support teachers of sociology, maybe ECTs as well, but even more experienced teachers. You know, we have to keep up with, as it were, I say we, I'm no longer a teacher, am I technically, but I still feel like I, as an experienced teacher, it's important to keep up with, you know, some new, um, studies that have been done by sociologists. I know that Dr. Sarah Kant has just produced two uh, brand new textbooks published by Collins that talks about some of the more contemporary research that's been done by sociologists. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's great for clarification because um, again, I've noticed, and this is why we have the sociology staff and that's why we've got a Facebook page, that's why we've got the resources. A lot of people are coming in from sociology as a non-specialist, um, either through the sort of humanities generally or from psychology into sociology. Politics seems to be another one that seems to be coming through that way. And I think sometimes there's sort of a feel, you know, these names have been put out by, these studies have been put out by AQA. Is that the ones, and if my students don't do that, will they be penalised? And I think it's good to hear from your, from, directly from you, rather than, you know, hearsay, um, whether that's the case or not. Um, so it's, it's good to hear that clarification. You sort of alluded to it, um, and I think it's important that when, when's the survey, what's the deadline you need that survey for, for teachers to reply to, is there? Uh, the, the close of play, as it were, is, is basically round about now at the end, as they approach the end of term. However, it won't matter if they just send in an email, yes, if, they, if they've missed the sort of deadline for it. So basically, as long as, you know, I'm my view is I want as many replies as possible and we're also going to embark upon a teacher consultation once we've uh, looked through all the uh, findings and so forth yes I mean this is a collegiate move if there is a a, a real appetite for any reform basically yes um, at the end of the day you know I want to listen to as many uh, teachers yeah, and what they feel should be the sociology curriculum at A-level and GCSE level. Amazing. So, yeah, I mean, that's was my, one of my next questions is how can teachers get involved um, in regards to, I think it was like something I was going to ask you a bit later, was how can teachers get involved if they want to feel passionate about sort of, I suppose I'm picking some of the things that they feel is a preference for AQA um, and, and around the curriculum. So, for example, like you just said, the survey, if uh, we can, we'll put a link into that. Um, and then additionally, you said like, if they can't do it straight away, it can be via an email. Um, 
is there any other ways you talked about this this conference uh, this consultation um obviously you've got to analyze the data from that uh, which obviously as we know social scientists will take some time um but at what point do you think you'll be sort of holding that consultation well, with teachers well first of all um it's probably useful for me to mention what the best direct route is for all sociology teachers to contact us. Yeah. Um, all the materials, for instance, all the support materials are available at www.aqa.org.uk subjects sociology. And then there is at the bottom of that website, a connect with us tab. So all that a teacher would have to do is just click on the email link and that goes directly to teacher services, which then comes directly to me essentially. Is that okay? Yeah, amazing. Or they can telephone in. In terms of being directly involved, there are opportunities to become an examiner. That really is, getting directly involved. We're always looking out for both A-level and GCSE examiners. And also through the survey, we will then, once we've gone through the findings, the results, in consultation with our product manager, we will invite all teachers to the consultation. So it's an open forum, essentially, if they wish to be involved. In terms of a timeline for that, that's quite difficult to pin down because obviously that would be outside my remit. That would depend on um, the proposals by AQA. But I would say in the foreseeable future, if that's what the teachers want, yes, some, you know, we may well find that they don't want much in terms of change, yes, that there really isn't an appetite to change too much. but. We, we shall see on that one, but yeah, we, would, we would, of, I want to reassure basically that we would never rush it through. Do you see what I mean? Because obviously teachers are very busy and they got their existing resources and it takes time to, if there were any changes, yes, for companies such as yourselves, of course, to construct new materials. So we would never push it through without plenty of time. Does that sort of make sense really? Yeah, definitely. I mean, that was something I was going to ask you, because obviously we know that exam boards generally have to uh, reform their specifications. That sort of happens on a sort of lost count of time, really, because obviously with COVID, we probably would have had reforms maybe earlier than that. Yeah. yeah obviously our last one's in 2016, but obviously COVID um, maybe put a sort of a halt to that slightly. And I think you just sort of answered my question in the sense that there is an necessarily a timeline obviously like you said it's going to take quite some time um and obviously you want to do the survey consult with teachers consult with uh people that are providing products obviously off qual um so it makes it hard but when you say it's hard to do a timeline is there sort of are we talking 10 years are we talking five years you know <laughs> <laughs> how oh, long not that play? long Give, not no i will <laughs> By the way, it's really, in terms of a whole scale, you're absolutely right. I think the pandemic, this is a more out of our control area. Within sociology AQA itself, we have actually a lot more, I would say, power, yes? Because in a way, the government is not looking to change the specifications, is it, by the sound of it? So we can 
for want of a better word, tinker with what we've got existingly, if, if that's what's seen, yes? Within the subject content that the DfE has published, yes? Uh, I would say, no way would it be five years away, I wouldn't have thought. I would say within the next year or two, does that mm. sort of say? But I don't yeah, want to be I held, think... obviously, to, to, to that. account but... to it. No, and I think, that, <laughs> I think, I think, I mean, I'm again, I'm just listening to what other teachers, I think we've had, oh, I've lost count how many interviews we've had. And I think it's more the scope, I think. I think some subjects, some topics, for example, I think <laughs> crime just keeps on going, doesn't it? It's like you go... And we're now on different theories, and then it's medium crime, then globalisation, green crime, state crime, da 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 da. And I think for for sometimes for some teachers, it's it's the content or the the range rather than the depth. But that might be not true for all teachers. It might be the ones I've just well, spoken to. Let, let's address that one. That's an interesting yes. one because I hear this a lot. Yeah. Mm. Um, it's one of those you can't win either way. Sometimes, yeah. Uh, what is it that people want will hopefully come out of the survey because we did you know phrase the questions according and one of them was that what what aspects of the specification yeah would you like perhaps addressed uh in terms of what are we saying here i don't think there's an appetite to reduce the options for instance if we reduce the content then you could argue others might argue i'm just throwing this out this is not my views that the rigour is lost and it's not proper preparation for perhaps when they go on to do their, if they do it, their degree. I'd be interested to know a little bit more from the survey probably, yeah, what teachers are saying on that. I mean, yes, it is content heavy, but it is an advanced level. And, you know, there is a, ch there is a range, but there's optional units as well. And, you know, papers one and three deal with, education, crime, and theories and methods, they're across both papers as well. So they embed things, you see what I mean? So there is optionality on paper too. So in answer to that, that's what I would say. It, it's We feel that as it exists at the moment, it's a reasonably good compromise. The trouble is, I remember as being a teacher, it depends how many hours that you've got as well, doesn't it? Which is outside the specification. It's it's in terms of the institution itself that you're working in devotes to, yeah, uh, GCSE or A-level sociology. I'd be interested to know what you think on that actually, Katie, yeah? What, in regards to how many hours? Well, in terms of breadth and, you know, range, really. What, what the teacher's saying is they're too much content to cover i probably are but then yeah the i think i think the rain that. i think it's more the rigor would come from the depth rather than the range so potentially like that's sort of the conversation so for example if we think about crime and deviance um maybe because students may pick up media as their option that media might not necessarily be needed in that explicit question obviously you can assess the media through maybe um representation of ethnic minorities or like when you look at ethnicity class and gender that way um but it doesn't need to have that whole sort of emphasis on media and a relationship there um that's just an example i'm just trying to think of the top of my head in that but i think it's more the the, the rigor would come from the depth and getting those analysis rather than the and that's just from what people have said like certain topics just feel like they go they keep on going keep on going keep on going um and it 
obviously globalization is fully optic, so that makes sense in that respect but i suppose it's when it's the more niche bits and and then it's thinking well what's what's important because obviously society's changing so so awareness around state crime and green crime particularly might be necessary um but yeah i think it's listening to that survey but i think yeah if you think back to the, what you said about rigor i think rigor might come from depth rather than range and obviously there's keeping those synoptic elements which i think you've mentioned anyhow which will come up across all the topics so like policy globalization socialization class gender and ethnicity um yeah i just i think i think no, that's I th probably yeah i think you've summed it up really well there and that's where i would want to consult yes with many stakeholders customers and so forth as it were so that teachers have a say on it. I mean, for instance, I'm well aware that, you know, uh, in the teaching guide, it mentions some sociologists, but they're only suggestions, yes? And then we have to get a balance, don't we, between the classic studies and the more contemporary ones. And we don't want to throw baby out with the bathwater, but we also want to make sure that our subject's more up to date. And, and that's where I think this is a, this survey is going to be really important, isn't it? And also the consultation process um, because obviously as you say we've got to have some synopticity and we've got to meet I'm sorry to go on about the subject content but that's what we're held against do you see what I mean and Ofqual wouldn't approve anything that if we really narrowed it down do you see what I mean it wouldn't be worthy of they would argue you know of a level standard on the other hand I do appreciate as for a former practicing teacher and head of department how much content there is to cover yes um in for instance the crime and deviance section it's a it's a bit of a dilemma yes but you know as i say the optionality thing was a hopefully a you know a compromise for want of a better word to sort of address that initially but it is time for a reflection on what the specification content is yes definitely yeah definitely i feel that it's exciting to sort of next see what the next stages are in regards to that over the next two years i'm going to take a slight change in directions we talked a lot about the specification i know a lot of teachers on our facebook page i think they get how to answer the essays the 20 and 30 markers i'm not going to talk about methods in context i feel like that's a that's a that's the talk in its own i feel like I don't know. I don't know why, but that seems to be definitely a bone in contention for lots of people. Maybe I'll get you on to talk about methods and context separately, or we might if we get time to talk about that. I think the four and six markers people get as well. It's just the ten marker mainly with the item. I think teachers maybe find that a little bit challenging. And what we also are noting in the ten marker without the item, where it's hugely synoptic, and I think there's been teachers and students that have found that quite tricky to sort of think hang on a minute I could be asked about that and I could be asked about that um so maybe I don't know if you want to have a preference which one you would like to talk about the 10 mark with the item 10 mark without the item love to hear your advice on how to to deal with it or you could go straight in with the methods in context if you if you'd rather I don't mind either way but uh, shall we start with the 10 markers first of all there are two ports of call that I would say are essential for anyone teaching this specification there is, there is there are clear there's clear marking guidance on our website it's under assessment resources and obviously i haven't got time here to go through each thing but some points to bear in mind in terms of 
the outline and explain question, there are no marks for evaluation, so there's no need to include it. Obviously, there's a higher standard of AO1 than there is for the, the following 10 mark question, which is based on taking a hook or hooks from the item. Does that clarify things? The second port of call, and I just checked this, for instance, on the 2022 report on the examination myself, there is a lot of advice about how to answer the 10 mark questions. And not, my advice would certainly be for teachers to actually highlight those points with their students and then go through some of the 10 markers. We also have created an e-learning course called Getting Started, which has lots of marking guidance on the 10 markers. So that's basically uh, what it is. In terms of synopticity, yes, we do have to have some syn synopticity. Um, but that's the nature of the subject, you could argue as well. There's, you know, interconnections within the subject area. Uh, does that sort of cover the points? Yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, I think sort of some of the, not again, stuff that you've read, we've, we've read is, is just clarification around that. So there's 10 mark without the item. I think that some teachers have felt that the synopticity is quite broad in the sense that it could be two parts of the topic that might not, initially feel like they go yeah i suppose okay. together yeah so how do we pair our students for that with the fact that we've got quite a lot of content to cover so you sort of teach content and then you almost got to feel sometimes you've got to reteach that almost again to sort of pull the links across and obviously it's for the option topic that sort of tim up without the item well to clarify things obviously i'm not responsible for assessment design by the way but i can feed back to assessment design yes what people are saying, yeah? And there is an opportunity for um, centres to raise those issues, which can be fed back. Um, there's also been some feedback sessions recently that AQA have, have been doing, of course, yes? Yeah, exactly. And we're also um, in the process of uh, constructing, supporting students and advice on that. But in terms of the specifics of what is being said, in terms of synopticity, I, I get the feeling what is you want me to feed back to perhaps the chief examiner rather than yeah others is they feel that the synopticity spurious link is that what they're saying yeah or? potentially for some some not consistently but for some of the questions um, and obviously you've got a lot of content and to practice that skill will also take time as well does in the sense that if you're delivering, say, content, um, potentially to sort of practice those linking across. Obviously, some things like socialisation, globalisation policies mm. are, are, are easier to link, potentially, but there might be ones that in the past have been a bit more challenging. The one that may spring to mind for me would be the families one last year. Um, yes. That sort of was challenging for some of the, the students, but obviously the challenge then comes to the teacher to allow that time to, to practice that yeah. skill. Yeah, as I say, I can't really comment because I'm not involved in assessment design yet. Yeah. However, I can feed those things back. Do you see what I mean? Yeah, so, definitely. You know, and that's obviously coming out, you know, there. In terms of the methods in context question, is there anything in spe specifically uh, to address on that? 
I mean, I think we, from my, again, my understanding, it's always putting those things into place. I think it's that idea of, as my understanding of answering that question, is obviously the methods, you know, who the group are and the context is really important. Um, but again, if it's just thinking about top tips to sort of teach that. And maybe with your head as a head, not so much as an AQA, uh, as head of curriculum, but as, as your experience of being a, a teacher, nine months ago how did you teach the the methods in context right well i always think that you've got because the, in the way the methods in context is when we used to have coursework isn't it yeah i know that was a long time ago way back probably 2007 or something yeah long and long i would time ago. yeah it was a long time ago and that it's an opportunity to, for students to become a sociologist as it were so i would what i used to do as a teacher was to create various scenarios yes and get them to do like mini scale projects yes based on you know it could be participant observation within a classroom situation or you could like revisit say david hargreaves work stephen ball's work on on you know setting and streaming and so forth it's basically making them more active and actually imagining that they were perhaps doing a structured interview with students or with parents or or whoever. Do you see what I mean? Who who are the players, as it were, involved in these situations? And I think then they get a real understanding of what it's like to be a sociologist. And then they can address. And then I would what I I did is I I gave them some past paper questions on those. Do you see what I mean? And you would talk them through about what are the strengths and limitations of this method. And in terms of what you're actually investigating, yes, rather than a generic, these are the strengths of this, these are the weaknesses of that, as it were, that method. Do you see what I mean? So it's really getting them involved in the process of doing the research. Does that sort of help, Katie? Yeah, so putting yourself in the shoes of, of the researcher, basically. So mm. rather than just looking at it from a sort of outsider, looking in at the strengths and weaknesses, like you say, looking at uh, practical ethical theoretical problems it's purely it's looking at that from the experience of the researcher I know that lots of teachers do again it, it comes back to that time constraint but once they've taught the sort of the methods and the strengths and weaknesses element allow for time to do some mini research within the school uh, environment so that sort of links into that methods in context so they can have that time to actually experience that firsthand so whether that's doing interviews in school, doing actual observations in classrooms, um, allowing for a week to do that, a little, maybe a little bit more, and then doing the methods in context element. I know that some teachers allow for that um, within their curriculum, within their teaching. It seems to be all about time constraints. I mean, what I, I always remember when I was, I was a sixth form tutor as well, they, you know, they do have private study periods. And for instance, I remember saying to them, look, I, we're not going to do it in our sociology lesson, but I want you to go to the school's library, go to the children's section and do a sort of replication, say, of Leslie Bess or Glennis Loban's study on gender stereotyping in children's books. So I would put the expectation, to be quite honest with you, on what they're doing out of the sociology lesson time and they can report that back, couldn't they? Yeah. I'm just How trying do you to do that, that when, like... I'm just sort of I'm just playing devil's advocate here. So obviously, you know, we've got to, you know, we work in different environments. Maybe some people work in ethnic colleges with the attraction of the high street on study periods. Some schools don't have study periods 
uh, where they have to stay in school so they only have to be on site when they're when they're having lessons um we know that teaching's under resourced with with teachers maybe not having able to cover supervised studies there's lots of different things that sort of maybe restrictions there what do we do when we haven't aren't able to sort of we've already set homework but how do we enforce um students using their independent study time which isn't on top of homework basically on top of maybe their flipped learning how what how can we overcome that barrier potentially well it's very difficult isn't it yeah i found like you know but if they're engaged in the subject you just hope that they're going to be more you know better independent learners yeah um i i don't think i've got a magic wand to that in terms of what uh, I'm, I'm always asking you actually on that one i think you have to you can approach it, I suppose, in different ways. You could bang on the door, I suppose, of the SLT and say, can we have more subject time? Yes. Or if the student is willing to sort of, I don't know, maybe they could do it in group work situations or via YouTubes, yeah, and so forth. I, I really don't know how, you you know, if you've got time constraints, you can, you can address doing it but I still feel that um, it's valuable to do some small scale research yeah within the time constraints that everyone's working in I suppose yeah definitely I just yeah because I feel like that was oh, I, I must admit I remember coursework and I, I I mean there's pros and cons with coursework because obviously the marking of the coursework was yeah <laughs> was you know uh, but what the students got out of that was very very enlightening and sort of obviously prepared them best really well for for higher education if that's where they want or even the world of work because obviously working independently um but um i'm not suggesting in favor of either of those I, teachers like oh I, my goodness all that marketing think, involved yeah i think one possibility just sort of off the top of my head and i, re I think i remember that we did it a few years ago was like in the induction section do you see what i mean to sort of encourage them do they you know want to be doing sociology you could set a small research project yes and there's all we also have some actually on the um aqa site in the uh i'll put it in the newsletter that everyone should receive in their centers they're like unitary award schemes which is like little research projects that they can do at their own pace but i agree with you you know you can't be spending four weeks can you just doing one you know piece of research when you've got to cover this but but it i feel as though it it actually is a valuable thing to do because it's helping them answer those 20 mark methods in context mm. questions because they yeah, really definitely. understand it yeah definitely i remember i had one student that used to always say that uh quantitative methods are really quick and efficient and um oh. <laughs> yeah and then yeah. I, I i sort of i did a parent thing so I, i'll let them i'll let them do that and um, anyhow, long story short, it was it was quick to to uh, to distribute. Obviously, using a sort of I don't know, Google form, whatever they use for the survey. But the analysis took a long time. So, you know, and that's and you can only learn that firsthand, can't you? And you're like, oh my goodness, I've got this wealth of data now, and I've got to analyse it all. Mm. And it was easy to sort of spin off a um, hundred surveys with just a click of a button, but then having to digest them all and etc. But I think. Yeah, it, I think, yeah, time seems to be the constraint, I suppose, with my reflective teacher head on. I think, if I think back to when, 
this sort of first started teaching sociology, I feel that some things have been added, but with things not being taken away. And that's just, that's my personal gut feeling now talking. Um, again, you've just left the classroom nine months ago. Obviously it's hard because you might feel a bit compromised in that, but. I think you're right, Katie, but we need to perhaps go back te a decade ago that, that the, the subject wouldn't have got through the process, I'll be honest with you, if it wasn't seen as rigorous enough. And therefore, this is what we're at, but we do have an opportunity. That's why we, you know, I've decided to go for the survey to perhaps address some of those concerns, which, you know, you, you correctly raised, yes? But I don't, that was the case. Do you see what I mean? It had to be seen as that. And, you know, I'm, I'm old enough to remember when some people would sort of suggest that sociology wasn't on a par as other hard subjects. Do you see what I mean? <laughs> I've referenced that before, that BT advert. Do you remember the old yes. one? He <laughs> said, oh, don't worry, it's zoology. <laughs> exactly. Uh, that was the, uh, what was her Morning name? That's it. Goodness me, that's going back. Not, that's when I first started teaching. That must be the uh, 1988 time in 1987 something like that I can't yeah. remember I mean I started technology need... like 1996 so yeah we're obviously doing something right though aren't we because as you said at the start of this uh interview um we're the fifth most popular a level now yes so something must be going right definitely I think it, I think well I mean what I mean maybe this is my last question because you've sort of covered a lot of my questions which is how to sort of answer those 10 markers and methods in context how teachers can get involved what possible changes are there for the specification why take sociology um i suppose my my sort of final question is how do what do you i suppose there's two questions in it what do you think has changed because I, I don't i don't think in the nicest possible way i don't think it's aqa changing their specification has made given people the appetite for taking sociology necessarily like as an instant it might be but i can't imagine 14 year olds googling aqa's specification um but what do you think has increased the appetite for sociology and then how do we maximize on it i suppose there's sort of two questions there that's a good both are good questions taking the first one then why do I think it's grown in popularity? I think there's probably a variety of reasons. Uh, in terms of outside of sociology itself as, as a discipline, I think some 16-year-olds, I'm thinking of the A-level, uh, or actually also the 14, they want something new. They want something refreshing. They're finding that they're being forced into the EBAC subjects, perhaps. Yes? Uh, and therefore they want to start something innovative, yes? A fresh start, if you like. In terms of, I mean, I did so many option evenings. I just feel that the content itself, when you sort of summarize it, it appeals to young people. There's so much there about human rights, activism, yes? In, injustice, racism, homophobia, I could go up many things, yes? that are so relevant today global issues as well um perhaps they feel it's an opportunity to have a voice as well in these things i mean when i i have actually met some pgc students for the first time at sheffield Hallam university it was two weeks ago 
it was so refreshing to see these young, talented, you know, future teachers so engaged and passionate about the subject. So that was, does that answer the first of your two questions? Yeah, definitely. Think? I think there's definitely wanting something refreshing and new. I think students feel that sociology is often something slightly different. I think, like, I suppose my second question is how do we maximise on that, like, that sort of willingness? I think what we're doing, or I feel what we're about to do, actually, this has been a really interesting conversation, hasn't it? Because I'm going to reflect back about what the, you know, concerns of that they, they actually don't surprise me what the concerns are. They're, they're two things that seem to be coming across that the content is too perhaps heavy at times, yes, without losing the rigor of the subject, yeah, and its credibility, and also the way in which we perhaps assess the knowledge and understanding of sociology that the students have might need to be looked at as well. But this is in consultation with many different vested interests, yes, and groups. And I think if we can offer uh, and to maintain and in increase that even, offer an interesting but also something that can lead to many different careers. Do you see what I mean? With transferable skills, we've, we're on to, you know, a even further development of sociology, yes? Oh, definitely, definitely. Yeah. No, I do, I totally agree. I feel like sociology offers, as you said, right at the beginning about that critical thinking. I feel mm. in a very postmodern world, I feel sociology can offer skills that are transferable for an uncertain future. Um, because it's one of my favourite things to say to parents, you know, obviously they sort of question well, what they're going to do with sociology and I, I sort of age guess the, the, teach, the, the parents and go, do we, how many PC lessons did you have back in the 90s? Um, lucky if you had one a fortnight and maybe use paint. I know that's all I did. Um, and how much we use computers nowadays. So the great thing about sociology is that critical thinking that's transferable as a skill um, in lots of different careers. Um, this, I promise you, this is my final, final question to you, so you can, have, you can go and have your lunch. You, <laughs> can, you can give me more. I, I'm actually defending our subject. As I say defending. I'm representing our subject at Heads of Curriculum two-day conference tomorrow, uh, in starting tomorrow in Milton Keynes. So I'm looking forward to any more questions. So well, it, actually, it, it gives me food for thought. <laughs> my question is, and this does sound like an interview question, is obviously you've, you've said to me that you are a long-standing teacher of, of sociology um head of department what can you what do you offer your new role and i know this is not a question that we sort of maybe thought about in the past but what can you offer um this role that maybe someone that in the marketization of education may have not had or the privatization of education as well no well, I, who, yeah yeah you offer something different you know like sometimes we get people i'm not going to name names but within the, in the education system who haven't got a background in education um you have you've been a teacher for a long time um what can you offer this new role what what we, what we likely to see from you as, as teachers well i think i can provide something that as you say the people perhaps who've never been teachers i provide the insight I actually know what it was like, yes, to be a teacher, yes, to have taught 
those specifications and I feel I've got a lot of expertise to offer. It's very difficult, obviously, you know, when you haven't got specific issues of a methods in context, but with all of that experience and teaching so many different types of students, I mean, I was mainly teaching mixed ability. So the full range, yes, I feel that I've got all of that um, expertise to offer as well. So I'm coming from the teacher point of view in the classroom and I've already done a few visits already to schools and colleges and that's what I want to be. I want to be out there, yeah, so that you can actually see there's a face behind this who's actually been involved in education for, dare I say, over three decades. <laughs> but that's great. That is what we want to hear. I think sometimes, I think even just having a conversation with a with yourself, Steve, with a face, you know, a name behind the face sort of thing, knowing that you have been a teacher 30 years, it, that bodes well, you know, and the, I can clearly hear in your voice the passion, the willingness to hear from teachers, from students, from PGC students, um, a range of stakeholders, as you've mentioned. Um, and having that, I think you mentioned the word uh, collegiate approach, it sounds mm. exciting. Um, mm. So yes, definitely. I mean, obviously, we will be saying to our, our, our teachers as well to, you know, to have a say um and obviously like yourself like you you're willing to listen so thank you for your time and obviously i think you sort of said that there's lots of ways in which teachers can get involved um as well and contribute to this sort of next couple of years this journey so thank you for your time i really 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 appreciate it, it wasn't as nerve-wracking as i thought it was going to be so um well, my pleasure, Katie. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, again, just to repeat for inviting me and hopefully I'll see you soon. Oh, hopefully. Yeah. Welcome to visit me as well. So it, uh, in my school. Thank so, you. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thank you ever so much. You take care. Okay. Bye for now. Thank you. Have a good day. Bye-bye. Bye. How excited feel, are you for Christmas? Um, or the well, as you can see, I have got Santa stuck in a chimney on my head. This may just be on audio, so you may be missing this uh, this spectacle. But I am pretty excited for Christmas. Looking forward to it. I hope the weather gets a little more festive. It's just sort of wet and horrible outside at the moment. But maybe, maybe it'll be crisp and frosty or snowy by by Christmas. You never know. Oh, excellent! So. What's happening now? We're going to have a little break, aren't we, for two weeks? Is that right? Am I understanding that correctly? I believe that is correct, yeah. So um, we're going to have Christmas and New Year off. And then, uh, yeah, back in the back in the New peri new Year period. I think it might be you and me um, uh, listing our highlights since last, since last time. Um, Excellent. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm looking forward to that. That'd be really, really good. So I just want to wish our listeners, thank you for, for listening to us over the last year two years i feel like we've been doing this and had a lovely lovely break it's well deserved i think this last couple of years have been very very hard i think we need a nice rest so Absolutely. we'll look forward to seeing a new year refreshed and um having more conversations with other fellow sociology teachers fantastic cheers katie bye-bye bye the sociology stuff room is brought to you by tutor to you sociology Find us at tutortoyou.net forward slash sociology or follow us on Twitter at tutortoyousoc or Instagram at tutortoyousoc. You can also join our very lively 
Facebook groups for sociology teachers. See you soon.